Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. The 2021 U.S. Open is now less than three weeks away, and after a year off north of the border, the tennis world has returned to the hard courts of Canada, the men in Toronto, the women in Montreal. Eight Americans were in action on Wednesday. We'll get you caught up on who's moving on and who came up short in the north. Plus, with some of the biggest names in the sport nursing injuries as the summer draws late, how does that affect the odds for the U.S. Open? Our experts handicap the field. No need to be upset now. TC Live, next. And we welcome you to Tennis Channel Live post-game coverage on day three from Canada. The men in Toronto, women in Montreal, round two now complete. 16 men, 16 women remaining in this 1,000-level event. Coming up on our late-night post-game show tonight, full highlights and reaction from day three as we wrap up the second round at both venues. We will break down the favorites and the dark horses on the women's side at the U.S. Open. And if you are a stickler for tennis dress codes, uh, you may want to avert your eyes for this one at the intersection of sports, too much booze, and a rain delay. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Tennis Channel Live on this Wednesday night. Glad that you're with us. Jeannie Bouchard, former world number five Wimbledon finalist, is here. Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame Randy Roddick is uh, on the Skype. Andy, this is Jeannie's 10th and final day with us. You want to give her a, a report card? Say it is. Hey, listen, from what I've seen, listen, whenever you're done playing, I hope it's many, 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 many years from now. <laughs> But you got a bright future in this. You've been awesome. Oh, thank you, Andy. That means so much. I think you're great. I love tuning in, watching you on Tennis Channel. And have you had a good time? Are you glad you spent your 10 days rehabbing with us here in L.A.? I have. It was more fun than I expected, more work than I expected as well. <laughs> I've actually watched more tennis in the past 10 days than I have in my entire life combined, which maybe shows I should watch more tennis when I'm playing. Well, maybe just consider it a scouting trip for when you get back on tour, you'll know your opponents all the better. Exactly. I feel so prepared now because I'm going to go on court and play one of these girls I've researched and be like, I know everything about your life. I am going to beat you today. I think that <laughs> makes this a write-off as well. Let's get right into the highlights. We'll start with the women in Montreal. Your good buddy Sloane Stevens, who made the final here last time the women played in Montreal in 2018, taking on the world number three, Arena Sabalenka. This was a tough one. This was a topsy-turvy match. Both players streaking at different times. Uh, really good quality overall, but Sabalenka was down 1-4 in this third set and won five games in a row, shrieking and willing her way to victory. Uh, it was it was a good one. Shrieking. I, I, I feel a pointed adjective in there. Yeah, that's a nice <laughs> comeback from uh, Sabalenka, who fired 18 aces in this match. That ties her career high. She will play uh, Rebecca Marino. More on that story a little bit later in the show, but a uh, quality win for Sabalenka as she comes back. Sloan, little uh, reflex that goes long. Too bad. Sabalenka through to the round of 16. Let's move on from a little later in the day. Coco Goff continuing her Montreal debut, taking on the Russian qualifier Hodapova. This was brief. This was very short. This was just a little over 20 minutes. Goff in complete control the entire match, and Hodapova called for a medical timeout and then just couldn't keep playing at 5 0. 
And look, when you're losing and getting killed, injuries do hurt more. It's a real thing. Uh, I think it was her ankle that was uh, bothering her, but uh, unfortunate way to end. Yeah, based on the tape that we saw when she took her shoe off, it seems to have been a pre-existing issue. So Coco moves on. She'll play Joe Conta next. Uh, I, I just want to circle back to Sloane Stevens for a second. Uh, Andy, I know she lost today, but she did push the world number three to 6-4 in the third. We know that Sloane's highs are very high. We know the, the lows can be kind of low. Uh, have you figured out sort of what the determining factor is with Sloan, whether she's going to be in a, a good patch or a bad patch? Well, I think she's moving well, right? And I think that's the biggest thing with Sloan. When she comes back and she hasn't played a lot of matches, maybe a step slower. So she's getting these tough matches. She's only going to get better with her movement, which I think is the key part uh, of her game. She's able to kind of accept the power. That's what she showed against Sabalenka today. But her movement is the, is the big thing with Sloan. You agree, Jeannie? I agree. That's, like, the best part of her game. It's what makes it so hard to play against her. She makes you hit that extra ball. You think it's a winner, and she gets it back. And I've felt that frustration many times. And so if she has that on, then she's playing well. She's going to reenter the top 60 on Monday. Remember, Sloan was ranked 83 when she won the U.S. Open four years ago. Just stick that in the back of your mind as we shift to Toronto. And the fellas, Francis Tiafo lost in qualifying, but he got the lucky loser spot, got into the main draw, beat Nishioka yesterday. And today he took on Canada's own. Dennis Shapovalov. It's amazing sometimes how it works out. When you get another chance, the pressure is kind of off. You feel inspired all over again. Obviously, Dennis feeling a little bit of the pressure uh, playing his home country. But I kind of like what Francis is doing with coming in, sneaking in. He's almost putting together those like Roddick Stepanek uh, type points where he's sneaking in at kind of weird times. And uh, the back end is going through the court nicely. And uh, this one uh, just really played great. Coming in again, it's like a Stepanek all over again. Dennis, quite open look, uh, kind of runs it halfway up the net, and Francis getting some movement on the serve also. What a what a great rebound! Losing in claws to all of a sudden making a week of it. Uh, good job for Francis today. Yep, fifth career top ten win for Big Foe. Just twelve unforced errors in the match. That's a very clean ball. We, we've been seeing the messages that Francis has been writing on the lens after the match. It says make a choice, and we asked his team what that means. And uh, Jeannie, they told us that it means make the choice to compete, to show up every day, to do your job. Are you seeing that commitment manifesting itself on the court with what he's doing? I really like that from Francis. It shows that he wants to be disciplined and work on his kind of mental focus. I think he has so much talent, and maybe that's the one thing that sometimes is not there. He, he's a bit streaky when he plays, so if he can get that down, I think he can improve a lot. All right, he's made one previous Masters 1000 quarterfinal, can make his second with a win tomorrow. Let's shift back to Montreal and the women. Simona Halep causes us to flash back to May 13th. That's because that's the last time we saw her on a court in Rome. She was playing Angie Kerber, had to retire with what turned out to be a torn calf muscle, and she's been out for the past three months. And so here she was today making the comeback outside the top ten, albeit for the first time in more than seven years but what a matchup she had to face. Danielle Collins has just been red hot. Look, for Halp's first match back, she had a really tough opponent, super confident Collins, who's the hottest, one of the hottest players on the tour right now. She put up a good battle, and, and I think she can take some positives from the match in terms of her game style. But in terms of mentally, a lot of time, a few times after points, she would kind of look at her box and do some sarcastic thumbs up. And I, I really didn't like those gestures. I think she maybe she needs to be a little bit less negative on the court. And I think it's also a bit belittling to the opponent. But game-wise, I think she uh, can build on this. I'm sure Darren Cahill won't like that either. He made very clear that, that he wants her to be more positive 
they broke up over that uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, so scoreline aside, and I'll put this to both of you, but Jeannie, uh, you first. Uh, how'd she look uh, aside? I mean, were the, were the strokes there? Was the fitness there? Is she ready to compete in your mind? She is ready to compete. She played well against a player who's playing really well right now. But I think the match rustiness was a little bit there. I noticed some double faults at 30-all and just that little match toughness that you don't get in practice. So if she plays more, I think she'll be ready for U.S. Open. Hey, listen, I mean, Daniel Collins is one of the hottest players in the world right now. And to kind of take it down to the last couple points there, uh, her fitness was definitely struggling a little bit. It's to be expected. You you deal with nerves. You get a little bit more tired in these pressure situations. Uh, but all in all, it wasn't a terrible performance from Halep. I mean, you come in and someone has an 11-match winning streak, uh, won the last couple of weeks. Uh, I think there are some positives to take away from this. Obviously, the body language is a little down. You don't know what you have in the tank at the end. Uh, you saw her kind of bending over, and she looked absolutely exhausted. But that's a good type of exhaustion better than sitting at home uh, by the way we're obviously focusing on Halep because it's her first match in three months Danielle Collins now 12 in a row from Palermo on the clay to San Jose on the hard now across the continent Andy are you a Danielle Collins fan she, she's she, she can be polarizing to some people she's a little feisty she rubs some the wrong way do you, do you like what she's doing I probably wouldn't have liked it when I was playing, but I, you know, I like, I like watching it. It's like WWE every time you get, you know, you, you get on the court. So uh, I like the feistiness. I like that you don't really worry uh, what she's going to put out there as far as effort. Uh, you know, you can see the body, the, the, the streak kind of taking its toll a little bit. I feel like there's there's a new area that's taped every time she comes out <laughs> on the court now. So she's she's got to kind of keep it together. She has to be suffering a little bit mentally, uh, you know, but confidence normally wins over exhaustion. So she's definitely got confidence in bunch right now that was a bit of an exaggeration not new tape every match but she did take a medical timeout today and taped her upper left thigh so but again i agree with that that confidence will override it because when you're seeing the ball that big and so confident um you feel good physically no matter what a counselor would like to rebut listen i listen i'm not i'm not real good at math but i know like a couple weeks ago i don't know if i saw both angles now it's a you know it's, it's something every day there's a new piece of tape every day i'm not against it i get it I I, he's it, trying to get it clicks. It's fake. just a headline. It's not that extreme. I feel like I've, I've <laughs> heard this speech from Roddick before, only it wasn't tape on every part of the body. It was SARS and anthrax and bird. It was, it's, a, it's an oldie but a goodie. But Andy's going into the uh, Wayback Machine. Collins against Pagula tomorrow, by the way. Coming up on our postgame coverage, we'll check in with Danny and Prakash in Toronto. Plus, who are the favorites to win the final major of the year? Usual suspects are off the menu. Our TC experts break down the odds. Back in a moment. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. It was really an incredible moment, and, you know, I'm really glad I did it. It's been an interesting summer for Naomi Osaka, defined by activism and action. 
Well, there have been some surprise major champions over the past few years, but uh, Naomi Osaka was not one of them last year at the Open. She came in winning two of the last three majors. She won that one as well. These are the odds of the top five favorites to win the upcoming U.S. Open. Top five are Osaka, Barty, Andrescu, Serena, and Halep. And so we're going to ask our, our panel here to handicap these. But before I do, I, I feel like this is such a, a fraught exercise because let's be honest, right? I, I mean... When Iga Sviantek won her major, nobody expected her to. Ostapenko, same thing. Andrescu, same thing. So, Jeannie, is this going to be one of those years where it's somebody from off the menu, or is it going to be one of the usual suspects? Look, I've learned to expect the unexpected. I think t- tennis, especially on the female side, is is open. There's so much depth that... Anyone can do anything on any given day kind of situation. So we've had so many surprise title winners and Grand Slam winners this year already. So we, we were, We've learned to uh, be surprised. Andy, maybe a few fewer surprises on the men's side over the last decade or so. But we go into this U.S. Open with the, the big three, as they're known, all hurt, right? Rafa's got the foot. Novak's got the shoulder. Roger's got the knee. Does that change our outlook? Uh, I, I don't know. If Novak's healthy, I, I think it's him against the field. Um, and, and I still think he'd probably be the favorite against the field right now with how dominant it is. We don't know enough about his shoulder. It didn't look like it was an acute injury. It looked like maybe a wear and tear situation. So he's had a couple of weeks to to kind of rehab. So, uh, you know, Novak's the favorite, uh, hands down, if he's healthy. All right, uh, Jeannie, who is your pick to uh, win the Open? Is there somebody that wasn't on that list of five that in your mind should be? If I were to pick someone outside of those five, I would pick Sabalenka. Yeah. And so I got this is like a persuasive essay, right? I got to sure. give you my points. Well, she's number three in the world. She's, <laughs> <laughs> she's won two titles this year. <laughs> she's won two Grand Slams in doubles, which is just as much pressure. When you're on the court playing that, you feel just as much pressure. So she can close it out in doubles. And I feel like her power game is suited to the hard courts at the U.S. Open. But I do have an asterisk, which is her serve. If her serve is controlled and she's not doing too many double faults, then I give her the edge. Sometimes her serve just causes too many errors and it it throws her off. All right. uh, That was very good. And you you started with an opening paragraph. You had the body (laughs) and then the conclusion, just like our uh, persuasive essays. Andy, women's side, uh, who's your favorite? And would you put somebody in the top five that was not, not on that list? Yeah, I mean, I, I think so. I, I think Coco Golf's time is coming. Uh, hmm. She just gets better and better and better. There were some some question marks uh, earlier this season in Miami, especially. I thought her serve looked very average. I thought she was flattening out her forehand uh, too much. Her natural shot shape is a little bit heavier. She seems to have figured that out and is really driving through the back end. And, oh, by the way, no one talks about Kritikova, who won the French Open and has won a title on hard court since then. It's like she doesn't exist. So she needs to get a little bit more respect headed into these uh, these majors right now. Consider respect given right Agreed. then and there. Uh, we, we, she is the world number 10 now. Now after all. So we'll take a look at the men's side of things tomorrow with favorites in top five. But we do want to switch gears to a story that's getting uh, some traction on social media tonight around the country. Uh, it's taking place or it took place at the ITF event in Landisville, Pennsylvania. In the near court there, that's Coco Vandeway. She's playing her first round match against Catherine Gorgodza. This is their warm up, not at the beginning of the match, but prior to the third set after a 10 minute heat delay. And, and watch Coco here. She is not into it. She is lollipopping it back. A couple times she hit left-handed shots back. Um, she didn't want to warm up, Andy. Uh, and in her defense, after scouring the rule book, she wasn't supposed to and she didn't have to. 
Yeah, at first I thought this was kind of like a like some I, you know watch a video and that's the danger of watching a video and then commenting without context. I thought it was maybe like a little bit of a petulant display. And oh by the way, that's what I look like when I play tennis now, unfortunately. But uh, you know, it, it's, it's weird. I learned something new that you don't actually have to warm up. I guess on the ATP tour, and Brian Early uh, said that uh, they had to or something. So I don't know. I'm confused. I don't know anything about tennis. I just played it. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what do you know? What do you understand about what we saw tonight? Look, we do need to know the context and the details of the story to really uh, have an opinion. But from what I gathered, it was after the heat break, which you don't warm up after the heat break. Right. I've experienced going off the court, resting for 10 minutes, and coming back on. The point of the heat break is to rest from the heat. So there is no way there's a warm-up after that. If I was Coco, I would have sat down. I wouldn't have even wasted my energy doing that. Uh, so apparently the other players stretched it from 10 minutes to 15 minutes, and then the referee may have, we're still looking for an explanation, given the warm-up mistakenly. But it, but it leads the, to the obvious next question, which is, what about the beginning of a match, Andy? You're not obliged. We checked the rule. You don't have to warm up if you don't want to. So what are you supposed to do if your opponent decides he or she doesn't want to warm up? But, but you do. Uh, apparently, the rule is you could call in your coach or a ball kid or something and get them to warm you up, which I got 10 bucks to see that someone do that one time. I, w- I would I would pay just to see someone step in out of the crowd and try to warm someone <laughs> up. Before I, I'm picturing like night session on Ash. Someone just out of the stands comes in and gives like the, the, the best warm up of all time. Yeah, I think this would be a very rare situation, but each player is entitled to their warm-up, and they're also entitled not to. So I agree with it. If, if someone needs a warm-up, it could be someone else. That, that should be the way. You know how tennis fans always come to the U.S. Open dressed in their proper tennis kits anyway? I, I always wondered if it's because they thought they might get called out of the stands to play. Well, th- there's the chance it might actually happen <laughs> if an opponent decides that he doesn't no, warm up. You take somebody. It'll never happen, but I got a lot of time for it if it does. (laughs) (laughs) I think we all like that possibility. Uh, More to come on TC Live tonight. Uh, More highlights from north of the border, plus the tennis court where the dress code was ignored in the most severe possible way. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. matches tomorrow on our family of regional sports networks. Rude Lajevic, Pliskova, Anasimova starts at 11 a.m. Eastern. Leif Shires, Nico Pereira will have those matches on the RSN. All right, back to Toronto. High hopes for Felix Ojeali-Asim coming into his home event, ranked 16. But Jeannie, he was one and done against Lajevic. Yes, I was so sad to see that Felix couldn't perform better at home. Obviously being ranked higher now, he has that extra pressure and expectations to play at home. And I got to be honest, sometimes when I see him wind up for that forehand, I hold my breath because I don't know where exactly it's going to go, but tough one. It was. First top 20 win for Lajevic since February. He'll play rude tomorrow. Uh, Andy, first match of the day was Big John Isner taking his weapons up against Christian Garin. 
Yeah, it's one of these things we're going in. The, the guy who's not seated is probably the favorite of the person who is seated. Uh, but Garin is an ultimate professional, always competes. And uh, if we know anything about John, it's his ability to hit on the run winners for the big guy. Look at that movement for John Fisner. <laughs> and that's almost a de facto match point on a hot court uh, in the North American Game summer. That's great. Jill's hosted home. And uh, John Isner, fresh off that victory in Atlanta, moving on. 21 aces for the big man. He moves on. Uh, just a, a question for you, Andy, about John. As a guy who carried uh, the flag for American tennis for the better part of a decade, not alone, but as the leader of the pack for sure, how, how much appreciation do you have for the consistency that John has shown really for 13 or 14 years now? Well, John uh, is self-aware. Um, he knows his game. He knows how to train for his game. He's not going to be out there doing 400s and risk injury, right? He's very diligent about stretching. He's very diligent about uh, taking care of his body. He knows that he can play a long time with that fluid service motion at that height. If he's holding 92% of the time, he can he can cash some paychecks for another couple of years for sure. Yeah, look, uh, Ivo Karlovic is finally going to retire this year. He's 42. John's only 36. He's not going anywhere, right, Jeannie? I, why not? Stick around. That's old. I beg your, we're trying <laughs> to point out. Thank you, Andy. We're trying to point out that 36 is the new 20. That's the whole narrative in tennis. Okay. Okay. I'll you, want, you, want to, you want to reframe that for, for the uh, senior gentleman on the set? Or? He has years to go, Thank guys. you very much. That was much kinder. <laughs> Don't be ageist on us over here. Uh, we, but let's celebrate uh, Canadian right now. Rebecca Marino has got the entire country behind her. Jeannie, we know her story, right? 220 in the world now, five years away from the sport to deal with mental health issues. She's back now and putting together some quality wins. Yes, this is such a good story. Rebecca's a really nice girl. I'm so happy for her to get this big win, especially in Canada. And, you know, she was open about mental health before it kind of was socially acceptable yeah. to talk about it. She was one of the first to, to really start that conversation. So for her to take that time away and then come back, she grinded through challengers. She thoroughly deserves this win and being on this stage. Beat Madison Keys yesterday. That was her first top 50 win in 10 years. Gets another one today. Fantastic for Rebecca Marino. Let's get into a little social net, what the tennis world is doing on social media today. This is from Tracy Austin up in Montreal uh, during a rain delay yesterday. Uh, Andy, we've seen this in baseball games during rain delays. I, I don't know if we've seen this in tennis before, have we? I, I mean, what, what is the what is the goal here exactly? There's not a person in the stands. It's like you're hoping someone's going to get it on viral video. I don't know. I don't. I, can, I don't understand it. <laughs> How about the poor grounds crew guy who tries to plant a foot, turn right, and goes to first <laughs> into the ground? That's the funniest part to me. He completely wipes out. What is this security? The team has got to get it together. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, maybe the first step was too athletic and just wiped out. The court didn't take it. You know? All right, uh, this one, uh, as we move along, is called uh, Two Types of People. This is uh, Daniil Medvedev and Sasha Bublik in the tunnel before their match yesterday. Medvedev's in the back. He's bouncing around like a caged beast, frenetic, you know. And there's Bublik in the front just chilling, listening to his tunes. Um, Andy, which type of person are you pre-match? I was probably the Medvedev type. I couldn't really sit still. I still can't sit still very well. So I was uh, probably uh, behind Rafa as far as the amount of fidgeting before matches, but uh, not behind too many others. Uh, were you a fidgeter or a chiller pre-match? I would be more like Medvedev. I am trying to be very focused, and I think I, I'm too uptight, so I got to work on that. You would think that with all the activity for Medvedev, he would burn off some of his energy, pre but he's, he's fired up. 
I mean, by the way, don't call a hindrance on him after he says sorry for hitting the other guy. That's never a good idea. Uh, break here, coming back with some final thoughts and uh, a big goodbye to Jeannie. Back in a moment. One more look at our feature matches tomorrow in Canada. Coverage beginning at 11 Eastern on Tennis Channel. Coco Goff against Joe Conta. That'll be fun. Monfils against Tiafo. That'll be double fun. And All-American nightcap Collins and Pagula. Danny Kluppinger and Prakash Amritraj are on the scene in Toronto. They've got a preview. All right, Brett, back here at the Tennis Channel desk in Toronto. Prakash, Thursday features round of 16 matchups. Which one do you have your eye on? My eyes are straight on Stefanos Tsitsipas and Liam Hemsworth. Oh, excuse me, Karen Hatchinov. <laughs> they played three times. Stefanos has gotten all three meetings, but Karen almost clipped him in Rotterdam earlier this year. Tight three-set match, and I think he's getting back to playing that tennis he was playing when he took that Paris title in 2018. Really looking forward to watching that. It's going to be a great Thursday of action here, Brett. All right, guys, we'll see you tomorrow. Here's our hot shot of the day, a galloping shock to no one that it's Gael Monfils. Andy, watch this little run and deposit. I mean, the guy is the single most athletic person I have ever seen on a tennis court and or played against. He's a human highlight reel. It's good to see him back in the winner's circle. Listen, he's just electric. He's just fun to watch, and it seems like... Three times a match, he comes up with some ridiculous thing like that. That was a stunningly special match that he won from 4-2 down in that final set. That little signs of life for Monfils. He only had three wins all year. Yes, you know when Monfils is doing shots like this that he's feeling it. He's feeling himself and his game. And he is so entertaining. I could just, like, YouTube his hot shots all day long. I think many of us have. Uh, <laughs> we're just about done for this Wednesday night, Jeannie. It's been an absolute pleasure having you here for these 10 days. Uh, as we always say, once Tennis Channel family always... Oh, they're cheering. The Aww. invisible crowd is cheering That's for you. It's so sad. It says, bye, Jeannie, guys. I, you, you can always come back. The Tennis Channel pin, which is under your hair, you can keep that and just, uh, you know. Is this my present? I get to keep yeah, the Yeah, and you get, you get 10% off of all the Tennis Channel gear. No, we'll give it Tennis Channel gear for free. <laughs> oh, it's not goodbye. I'll be back at some point if but I'm invited. You said I was invited, You're right? permanently invited, but get healthy okay. and go play, and we'll see you when you're done doing that. Sounds good. G uh, studio, Jeannie Bouchard, everybody. That was a very nice job uh, for Andy and Jeannie uh, and all of us at Tennis Channel. Thanks for watching. See you tomorrow. Day four in Canada starts at 11 a.m. Eastern.